Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Zulu Time podcast. Double digits! Danny, nice to see you, son. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. And we literally are seeing each other this time. So I know. It's like it's chat weird. roulettes. It's, it's like a poor man's chat roulette, this, mate. Just I don't know for, what's going on here. No, just for watch nerds. And the best, the best bit is, is that we've got different levels of um, dedication. So I'm on my laptop today with mm. my, my nice headphones. You're sat in your wife's car looking like an absolute criminal. <laughs> to I, be honest. I, I feel and look like uh, Tom Hanks. Um, in, in what's that? Yeah, what was the film, mate? Where you have Wilson? Oh, Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. Castaway. There's something hobo-esque about me at the minute, um, and I'm impersonating. I wasn't going to say anything, mate. I'm just saying that you look like an extra out of uh, Four Lions. Do you remember one that of the, one? One of the good things that's happened, mate, is my tash has grown that long. I can now curl the ends, so I can like sort of half make myself look like an 18th-century prize fighter, which yeah. is fantastic. Um, either that or a bit of Captain Ock. Um, it's yeah, I'm enjoying I mean, it. Mate. That mate, or you just look like an absolute scumbag. I mean, for all, well, mate, I think you should embrace it. The only reason I'm giving you shit is because I can't grow a tash. That's like, very true. Genetically, I cannot grow one, and obviously, it's a bit questionable given the I, fact. I, you know, I don't think you can grow body hair anyway. If I'm honest, uh, mate, so. literally, I've just got hair on my head and my eyebrows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just eyebrows. Just, just eyebrows. eyebrows. Anyway, this is deteriorated quickly because we can now see each other. So let's read yeah. it back in. Um, so today, yeah, tenth episode, mate. It's a big one. Yeah. So um, for the tenth episode, guys, we're obviously continuing the interviews of um, various people across the watch community that me and Darren have been uh, fortunate to um, basically, you know, start relations with and become friends with, and we just want to highlight these individuals to you. Um, but today's episode is particularly special because we're interviewing um, AJ, um, who runs the Bellingham podcast, and he also happens to be uh, a very avid watch collector and Seiko modder, uh, and an all-round good guy. Um, he gave us a bit of a uh, support as well, didn't he, um, separately in terms of I was interviewed on his Analog Explorer podcast, um, and he's pushed out a few watch stuff for me, um, and then obviously he's... you've. Um, have also been interviewed on the Bellingham podcast as well, haven't you, Darren? So. Yes, mate. Um, Bellingham uh, is a big hit and also uh, the Analog Explorer, mate, for the watch nerds out there. If you're unaware of the Analog Explorer, please do check it out. Um, you'll see all the all the links and the gizzit watchets in the um, in the show notes below. So go and check that out. But yeah, AJ, mate, uh, you know, same as me, I've got all the love in the world for AJ. Um, he's given us a fantastic platform. Um, and uh, basically, he sort of, you know, helps really help me make come into the podcasting scene um, around watches and around podcasting in general. So yeah, debt, debt of gratitude to the guy, mate. Um, but yeah, AJ, AJ Barce, mate. Um, the all-knowing, all seeing eye of uh, of of watch pestery. Yeah, pretty much. Um, before we bring him on, mate, I think we should just let the audience know that obviously now that we've alluded that we can now see each other. So effectively. Um, 
what we've done guys is we have changed how we make the podcast so we have realized that the software and the apps that we have used from episodes one to nine um, even though they were acceptable for what we needed them for we decided that we wanted to step up the quality of the podcast um, basically to give you guys a better uh, listening experience so I felt like we should have obviously just highlight that yeah definitely so um, you know drop us a DM guys or, or comments in the in the comment section with a comment um, and, and let us know um, if it's if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down on it guys because we're keen to uh, to get the feedback but uh, We've uh, we've put we've been put on the right path, shall we say, uh, by by our guest himself. Um, yeah. So yeah no, without further ado, um, I think it'd be uh, right and proper at this point, mate, to uh, to to introduce the good people to AJ Barsay. Yep, let's bring him on. AJ, how are you today, mate? I'm good, but man, after that type of uh, title and and pomp and circumstance, I'm just gonna say peace. Thanks, thanks for the shout out. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, that's it. He's done. <laughs> yep. And mic drop. Okay. Yeah. We're good. No, um, AJ, it's it's great to obviously get you on the show. And selfishly, it's been a little bit of a aim for me with the Zulu Time podcast to actually get you on here, mainly because, like you said. <laughs> You gave us inspiration for the podcast in the first place. Um, I've been a long-time listener of your podcast. And then obviously you have um, interviewed both myself and Darren. So for us, it's kind of a way to give back to you um, by bringing you on here. So I appreciate it, gents. Like I said, I just I, I have the gift of gab and have microphone. We'll travel. So. And a camera as well. Well, and camera and coffee and tea. I'm, I'm, I'm just good. You know. yeah. Yeah. Love and that great. And an Admiralty Grey, yes, yes. Thou shalt not forget, Darren. Indeed, yeah. mate, indeed. But uh, no, yeah, AJ, mate, mega to get you on, pal. Absolutely mega to get you on. Um, yeah, guys, if you follow me and Dan, if you followed us for a while, you will have seen um, posts, comments, interactions with AJ. Um, if you haven't checked him out yet, please go and do so. Um, you, you know, the, the content he's putting out is gleaming. And, and, and as me and Dan said, it's, it's mega getting him on. Um, so first and foremost, guys, I mean, as always, this is, we are we are watch pests um, in, in the first degree. So how about that? almighty wrist check aj you're the guest let us know mate what are you rocking today uh, uh kind of a tried and true um which uh, as as i've uh, as we've talked about on on my show before um it's uh, it's daddy's adventure watch which is my um rebuilt uh, skx 031 on of course the none other admiralty gray uh zulu alpha airtight uh strap that you sent me and has been on many a mountains and rivers and streams and muck and mire so mega absolutely mega mate i do love that watch and i love the history and i love the story behind it is that correct me if i'm wrong mate i know you've built one is that the one you've built for yourself or is it one you've built for your son as well have you have you built one for both of you Oh yeah, no, I've 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 built I've built a few. So uh, yeah, the PNW zero zero one was the one that I built all from the ground up. That was the case that I sourced, movement, whole design, whole nine yards from the top, um, and is currently uh, sitting with my 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 watchmaker because I am sick and tired of fighting the same problem in the keyless mechanism. And if Elena is is listening to the show, she's going to probably laugh because she's also a watchmaker and she has heard me gripe about it for about three and a half years. Uh, it's featured in the Analog Explorer magazine. Um, you know that that was kind of the that's that's that piece for my my son eventually when he grows up. Uh, this one was just a 
Uh, I'll actually get to the story of it later if you guys want, but basically it was a replacement to a watch that I had previously built. So that was the prototype to that one. And it was, it was kind of uh, an, an homage to kind of allow me to learn. I actually got a homage parts so that I could actually understand how things go together because I am not a watchmaker, nor do I play one on podcast. But uh, yeah, this, this, the aesthetic of this one after I, I got into Seiko um, really kind of hit on all the chords that I was trying to do with that first prototype. So um, yeah, this one's mine <laughs> nice. uh, and is, is definitely one of my dad watches. Um, it's, it's pretty much on me most days uh, and love it. it. It keeps plus or minus four. Um, yeah, that's days, nice. So. I really like that one. I like, I like it because obviously we've spoken about it a lot. I like the fact that, you know, how you actually hunted down cases and bezels and parts for it, you know, and I, I, you know, I felt like I was a part of that journey, even though I wasn't building the watch, you know, I felt to see it progress and obviously now to see you enjoying it to what it is, I think it's fantastic. Um, so I really yeah. like that watch actually out of all, out of a lot of your collection that you've got, um, it's possibly one of my favorites of your watches. So. I, I love oh, the thanks. description you've given of it AJ, as, as the dad watch. Um, yeah. I think I've been looking for um, uh, that sort of descriptive word for a while to describe some watches in my collection. Um, and, and it's a perfect way of, of putting it together. It's a dad watch. It's the thing you can do when you've got the kids, when, when it's the rough, the tumble, the bouncing around, doing what you're doing. And, and you know, all the watches will stand up to it, mate. But some you want to be a bit more delicate with than others. Um, and some of them, you're quite happy to get a nick or a dent when you're doing stuff for the kids because it tells that story and it marks that adventure and marks that event. Um, I, I think you look at it from a, a romantic view. Um, you know, my girls are uh, five and three now. In 10 years, 15 years, um, I'm going to be wearing a watch um, with a chunk out of one of the lugs. Um, and they'll be sat in the room. They may not even notice that I'm looking at it or I'm bringing back that memory. But that is the time when, you know, we were having the roof fixed and we had scaffolding up and they were just about to run in and bump their heads. I put my hand out quick and boom, a chunk of that went. And that tells a story. Um, a lot of people get upset about Dinging and denting watches, mate, and, and I think certain watches, it's it's just part of the course, and it add, it adds that flair, it adds that character, and it brings it closer to you. Um, so that is a perfect way to describe it, mate. Something I've been struggling with for a couple of weeks actually, and figuring out how to communicate that. So hearing you say that, it's yeah, it's perfect, absolutely perfect. But Dan, yeah, no, I appreciate that, AJ. Um, what's on your wrist, mate? What are you cracking today? So I went back to, I guess, um, still a little bit in the honeymoon period, mate. Um, I went back to uh, the Vertex M100 um, now um, on your ZA75. Um, earlier in the week um, and over the weekend, I um, had the, the Sangin on, so I decided to go for a bit of a change. But at the end of the day, I think I'm still within that grace period and that you know that honeymoon period with the m100 again so it just very rarely leaves the rest as it were so it, it's such an easy watch to wear mate it yeah. really is such an easy watch yeah. so watch wants to be worn um, yes that makes any sense and i was having a conversation earlier with um dev um so devon uh the gentleman out in uh i think he's in massachusetts he's the ex u.s marine corps flight engineer uh okay. he's obviously just become an owner of one and we were talking about it today um and we agreed that the hand winding element of it there's you know little bits of attention to detail that make it such a, you know an enjoyable experience to own not just to wear 
you know, mm. the idea that you have, you know, you wake up, you you wind it, you put it on, and and it just adds a different experience to the entire entire thing, you know, compared to like you said, you know, um, other fantastic watches that we have in our collections that we've experienced, you know, and it's just a little bit different, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, it stands out, mate. It, it commands presence in the room, but it's, um, it's sleekly subtle as well. Yeah. Um, also, mate, on the M100 note, um, we need to congratulate another person who's become a member of the M100 clan. Um, Charlie has committed. Just has so he? you're aware. Just so you're uh, aware. Got, I, got, I knew got, that was coming, but I, I didn't know it happened. Yeah, so I got the message today uh, from him. In fact, I woke up to the message quite early this morning. He said that he had committed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I got a similar message later on in the day uh, from Don himself saying that he had also committed, which is nice to know. So, well, um, Charles, welcome to the family, my mate. Welcome to the family. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That's all I've got, mate, in terms of Vertex. What about you? I'm going to guess the watch that you've got on, and I'm going to guess that it's Samsung again. It is not. It oh. is not. And this was not a conscious effort. Um, today, um, certainly over the last few days, um, I've been getting everything lined up in preparation to convert my garage into the new ZAHQ. Okay. Now, um, we had um, a workshop in Liverpool um, up until this COVID issue. Um, we still got that workshop, but I can't work from there for obvious reasons. Um, so I've sort of been Harry Potter under the stairs for a number of weeks, um, which has driven me absolutely up the wall. Um, just on the safety element. I mean, I'm, you know, cutting around, wielding, um, you know, fabric scissors or whatever it may be. And I've got two young ones behind me, you know, trying to kill each other um, within three feet of me. Um, so naturally at the minute, it's very difficult to get anything unless it's essential goods, certainly in the UK anyway. Um, so I've been waiting out and waiting out and waiting out for deliveries. And everything started, sort, of, sort of appeared today slash yesterday evening so today what i've been doing right is building walls laying floor um re-roofing the garage the whole shooting match um so i pulled out a dad watch dad watch a dad watch which makes a lot of sense this is why i got also a bent out of shape when aj described it as that because it just it's just logical so today i am rocking uh the new mark hs very nice um, Mate, nice. I love this watch, and I haven't had it on in forever, absolutely forever. Mm. Um, and due to the colour of it, so it's like a, it's a white dial, but it's more of a creamy it's like a, dial. It's like an eggshell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is like an eggshell, um, and it, it was just a great watch to you know to 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 whack on and do what I needed to do today. Um, but also, it pairs extremely well with the tan. Uh, strap that we've just uh, took delivery of over the last 48 hours um so that's arrived um out in the mill um uh, the guys are still doing their thing now albeit on slow time at the minute um so that appeared uh, about 48 hours ago which was a bit of a nice surprise um and, and yeah i've just been cycling through a couple of watches with that trying to see what what, what fits and what works and today i've put it or i've paired it with this new mark and it's like peas and carrots it Lovely. Just, it just does its thing. It's a fantastic uh, little watch. And um, yeah, it's, it's honest. Honest as a day is long, mate. And yeah. uh, tips the hat to the old Royal Navy side of me as well. It does. Yeah, it's a lovely watch. And I like that combination, mate. Now that I can see it in yeah. the, light, the natural light, as it were, um, I can see what you mean and how that strap plays with that. So it looks really good. And really pleased that you've managed to 
you know, effectively find the strap that has made you put that watch back on and enjoy it again, as it were. Because uh, I know that it's been out of your rotation for a while because you've been yes. doing other things. So, yeah. Um, no, that's no, good. It's cool. Yeah, in a big way, mate. In a big way. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's the sort of wrist check done, guys. Um, something I just wanted to address um, just off the cuff real quickly, if I could. Um, a number of you are Sangin owners and a number of you uh, are purchasing Sangin professionals uh, and you're on the list for that. Um, you would have seen an email go out in the last 24 hours. Um, Zulu Alpha will be supplying straps for that watch. Um, so they will be going out uh, with the Sangin professionals, guys. I just wanted to put that out there and just confirm it for my end. Um, and this is the most effective, efficient way of me doing that to the masses. So, yeah, um, a little bit of uh, ZE news as well. So, nice. should we jump into it, guys? Yeah. I'm uh I'm ready. Are you ready, AJ, to not be interrogated? I was born ready. Yeah, I mean, born yeah, ready? Give me, grill me. That's okay, okay, gents. Hit me. Okay. Right. Get well, the towel I'll... and the water ready, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, it's not it's not waterboarding if you use diesel. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. But fortunately, See, I was going to go with the I was going to go with the Yankee joke. Oh, the British are coming. The British are coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other point is, if we used petrol or diesel, it would actually be cheaper than water right now, given the negative on the barrel. So, valid, valid. But right, AJ, over to you, mate. So we've obviously, you know, we've spoken about what we're going to talk about today. But I just want you to kick it off with basically what your background is and what you do. You know, we know that you like a good hike and you like a good watch and you like a good brew uh, and you like a good podcast. But other than that, I don't think the world really knows what you do. <laughs> well, uh, according to Darren, all foremost authority of what I do, I do a fair bit of trekking, apparently, <laughs> uh, which I have borrowed ever since you said that. Uh, I am. Uh, so I'm one half of the Bellingham podcast. Uh, my my co-host, co-founder, uh, Chris Powell, him and I, we've been doing a show for about four years. And uh, our day jobs were professional technologists, uh, which is why we were able to we were able to kind of start the show bootstrap style, kind of from the ground up. Um, before that, I used to work in communications, uh, so I used to uh, I used to be a director of communications. And uh, when I was doing that, I it was kind of the first golden age of podcasting when there was only, you know thousands of podcasts in the iTunes podcast work because there was nothing else. And now there's like, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of shows. Um, and so I kind of got my feet wet in the early days of like what podcasting looked like to, to kind of give you the landscape of the technology land. Uh, the iPhone 3GS was the hottest thing since sliced bread when I started. Wow. So yeah, so it was, it was very early days. And when I was doing all that work, I was, um, so I was, I, I was also an editor-in-chief of a newspaper. I was a journalist and going around carrying a bunch of heavy ass gear sucked. And so the whole time that I was doing that experience, I was like, God, it would be so great. I mean, people are listening on their damn phones. Why can't, why can't I just do the production there? And it was really early days, but that kind of was in my, my brain. We'll fast forward 10 years, and now finally we have an app store. We have mics that can plug into our phones. And that was the kind of the, the impetus of when Chris and I got together and saying like, Chris was actually kind of pissed about something. And I, I warned him, hey, if you keep going on that tirade, I'm going to stick a microphone in, in front of you and, you know, we're going to make it official. And of course, if you know Chris, Chris is a big guy. He's like, bring it. So yeah, he yeah, did. And that's kind of the start of it. So we we'd work, decided a workflow um, that worked on two iPhones, two microphones, and then syncing the audio in post. 
And of course, because we're geeks, we kind of open sourced it. We I wrote about it and shared it with anybody who wanted to start it. So you know, I've talked to a lot of other you know now established podcasts that kind of bummed off of our workflow um, in different ways, whether it's using Zoom or using you know the Motive app or the Shure MV5 or whatever. Uh, Chris and I kind of just we're kind of of the belief of like, hey, we figured this out. We kind of set the trail. Let everybody else kind of adventure with it. You know, type of a thing. That's kind of our motive. Um, but yeah, that's what I, I, that's essentially who I am. I'm basically a technologist and because I deal a lot with technology, I get in touch with my analog side as much as I can to kind of balance that out, which is why I do a fair bit of trekking. Cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sharing that, sharing that formula, mate, for a podcast. I mean, you mentioned it there, but high tide races all boats, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's mega. You, you've shared some of that knowledge to us, mate, and it's just, it's helping us bring our game up as well um yeah fair one mate fair one a fair bit of trekking is uh it is the buzzword uh we need the hashtag that mate we need to say yeah, that yeah, the hashtag a fair bit of trekking um yeah, yeah that's my winglish uh for you um which is winglish part welsh part english uh just sort of spewing out my mouth but yeah fair bit of trekking mate so um tell us about uh, you know the, the the, the podcast, mate. I mean, you guys are a little different in, in what you do on the show and how you do it. Um, and and you, you focus a lot on the community aspect. Yeah. Um, is, is that a conscious effort or is that just a natural thing to do where you guys are? Yeah. So when we first got started, the, the Bellingham podcast actually started as a very big mouthful. It was called Bellingham Podcast Media Tech or BPM Tech for short. And that was just because I was trying to honestly uh, do a lot of SEO stuff so that we would show up in as many feeds as possible. And once we kind of got established, we were, t we were talking about tech and about, I don't know, not even 20 episodes in, Chris and I, we really kind of just got fed up. We, you know, this is something we do, you know, nine to five, five days a week. And, you know, there's a big echo chamber for a lot of communities, whether it's watches or tech or audio gear, whatever, there's always a big bubble. And we didn't want to contribute to the whole noise and regurgitation and press releases. And all that. We, didn't, we didn't want to be, the joke on our show is if we were a new show, we'd probably do it better. So we decided to take a step back from that. And we, we pivoted and we, we rebranded and we just became the Bellingham podcast. We kind of stuck our flag in the ground because there was nothing else in our, in our city. By the way, Bellingham is in uh, Bellingham, Washington in the United States, you know, the Northwest of the Northwest. Um, we're right next door to Canada, uh, British Columbia. So, you know, we, we basically were just like, hey, you know, there's no other show that's, you know, in and around our community. And because, again, we're mobile, we can literally record anywhere. Chris and I decided to take it up a notch. And, you know, podcasters, we got it easy. We can be in a studio with nice boom microphones and have absolute silence because in, in my time zone right now, gents, my wife and my toddler is upstairs soundly asleep. That makes for really great or really skookum recording atmosphere. So Chris and I decided to say, screw it, and let's record out in the community. And so we did several episodes where we're sitting in our favorite coffee houses and recording live on location, as it were. I mean, live for us, post-roll for, for everybody who listens to the show. And we just sat in our lo local coffee houses, favorite establishments, and that was twofold. One, the community saw that there was these two weirdos with microphones talking, you know, very gregariously. And then we'd also, uh, we brought, like literally there was this uh, server this one day and at this coffee shop and I was like, hey, we love your coffee shop. 
we're doing a podcast. Do you want to just jump on the mic? Tell us who you are, you know, why you work here and stuff. And that kind of started the, the conversation and we kind of built from there and, and um, kind of that kind of got infused into the show by proxy because we were just out in our community. And then our community kind of reciprocated that as well. Um, some of our local publications, Bellingham Alive featured a, the, like the top 10 podcasts of the area. And we were like number one. And uh, that kind of marched our way through to episode 100, where the mayor of our city decided to come up on our show. And so we had uh, mayor, mayor Kelly Linville um, at the time come up and invite us down to chambers and we had a lovely conversation with her and so that really kind of kind of stakeholded our our bellingham or pnw vibe for our show but when chris and i structured the show when we pivoted we really wanted to be a variety show because we have an attention span of a, about a tweet we like to cover a lot of things and so we thought about what is the pnw vibe what's the bellingham vibe and we are known as the city of subdued excitement. You know how like a lot of cities have like the Emerald City or the, the Apple City or whatever. Bellingham is a city of subdued excitement. And so around that, we kind of figure what are the avenues that bring people to Bellingham, keep people to Bellingham, and what makes us us? And also makes me and Chris who we are. So we talk about the outdoors because that's just about as ingrained into our culture as you know, coffee or, or anything else that's Pacific Northwest um, gear, because a lot of us either go out trekking or we, you know, are gearheads of cars or watches and it all kind of meshes in. So outdoors, watches, um, tech, um, local, and anything that's around the beat that is the Pacific Northwest vibe. And that's our show. And it's a variety show. Some episodes are watch centric. Some are interviews. We, we bring on a lot of nonprofits. Chris is a big nonprofit advocate and we have a lot of them in our, in our city. So we bring in um, their CEOs or you know, uh, somebody who's a representative of them and we interview them, get their message out and stuff. And we all do it uh, for free. We're, we're, we're not a nonprofit or a for-profit business. We don't take ads. Um, the, time, the handful of times, literally, I can count on one hand that we've actually taken uh, ad revenue was because we partnered with somebody uh, to do sponsored content and we were upfront about it because we would use their stuff anyway. So th that's kind of how we do it. And for, I would say, the 150 episodes that we've done, I think we've you know, made money off of five. And I think that's a pretty good ratio for a podcaster, in my opinion. Yeah, well, an argument, I mean, I've been listening to you guys for about two years now, and Dan introduced me um, to the show um, and basically sort of brought me up to speed with what you were doing and how you were doing it. And, and, and you know, coming into it, mate, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and and it, it, I mean, listen, it's, it's great. I, I love listening to you guys, and I love it because it's weird, mate. I'm on the other side of the world, right? And I've never been to the northwest of, of the US. But I've already built a picture in my mind of what Bellingham is and how it looks and how it feels and just what the vibe is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In in you know yeah. with the people. Um, and I think I think you guys you fly the flag really well there. Um, aside from the Bellingham podcast, mate, and, and don't get me wrong, it, it is a local show, but you haven't got to be local to listen to it. So you know, please don't be put off. You know, by by, by the fact that it is it is centric around Bellingham. Um, but you've also done a bit of a spin, mate, with the Analog Explorer. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and every so often, you dip your toe in the water of, of the watch fan. 
um, and, and and you bring out um, you know some content, what's related. Me and Dan have had the privilege, uh, the privilege and the pleasure of being featured on that, mate. Yeah, I've got mine as well. Uh, the copy of the um, uh, the copy of the the Analog Explorer, um, and, and and yeah, mate, it's it's, it's fantastic. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that, mate? I mean, what was the driver behind that? Why did you all of a sudden decide, right, we're doing this, and now I want to do a little spin off, a little a little curtail onto onto watches. Yeah. So, so the, the way that Chris and I uh, do the podcast and the reason why we don't take ad dollars is because the show is really um, about us as, as people. And also we freelance. So we do outside of our day job, our, our passions for Chris, it's tech, the technology coaching where he likes to work one-on-one or, or work with some of those nonprofits to get their technology up to snuff without being uh, overly charged or, you know, talked a, a lot of technologists like to, think that we're lords almighty and we know more than everybody else and talk over the top so just pay me and, and shut up in color type of a thing and we're we're not like that so chris wanted to bring that uh that essence to to his practice as a technologist working in the community for me i'm a photographer so for we we kind of plug uh every so often we plug what we're doing who we're working with and stuff and that's that's kind of how we advertise who we are and we use our shows as that method to get to know us so that you would commission us type of a thing um well so i became a, a dad three and a half years ago and my my son was born with a lot of medical issues and uh being as as a dad yourself like you know like once the little one gets here you're sleep deprived to start with and then throw on some complications on top of that and life can get dark real quick <laughs> and so um I, I just, I, a lot, a lot was happening at that time and my photography took a different tone and my, my, my mind kind of took a different tone largely because I wasn't feeling technology. I felt it was very sterile. Um, you know, everybody has an opinion and they're entitled to it. Great. And for me, like as a technologist, you guys have to understand a lot of the joke of, have you tried turning it off and on again? That's really where troubleshooting starts. And as, as, as somebody who is mechanically inclined, you know, that's frustrating because I can't tell you what the problem was. I can just tell you, just do that, it'll work. And that bugged me and it graded me as a technologist. And so uh, being mechanically inclined and liking watches, I decided to be like, what would be my analog manifesto? Because the other problem that I have is as an avid traveler before my taught, I would go to all these great places. I would go to Venice. I would go to the top of Winchester Mountain. I would go to wide range of places in our world, Japan, Tokyo. And I couldn't tell you, mate, like how many times I would see people who spent thousands of dollars to get to Shibuya Crossing and just to literally do like a selfie and then spend more time hashtagging that photo as opposed to being present in the moment. Drove me absolutely bonkers. And so I decided to put pen to paper and kind of, and and literally pen to paper, not a blog, but actually something in print with an ISBN that would be no take backsies for me, which again, I used to do print before. So that wasn't a big deal for me, but I wanted it to be a stakeholder of like, Hey, this is what I see as a technologist living in an analog world. And we need to kind of revisit that we're getting, you know, yeah, COVID-19 has been great to kind of keep us in isolation and technology helps with connectivity. That's great. But before all of this, I mean, things were getting pretty, pretty dark on the inter- interwebs. Politics are at an all-time high and all that other jazz. And, you know, people weren't experiencing life. They were experiencing it through other means and kind of 
want to be living. And so uh, the Analog Explorer was just my way of, um, one, chronicalizing, like for me, the, the cover shot is what, what's called of time in Chrome, um, which is just me and my little one uh, on my motorcycle. Every year I, I participate in a, in a charity ride called the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. And it's a classic bike, uh, classic motorcycle, and you become fully dappered. And you ride through the, all the main cities across the world to raise uh, money for the Movember Foundation. And uh, my son loves my motorcycle. He has ridden on its tank since he could not even toddle. I mean, he's, he's, I've always, you know, ride around with him and stuff. And there was this one day I was just putting the bike back and, um, you know, he, I was actually coming home from work. And of course, you know, a little, little, he's just like, ah, dad, you know, type of a thing. And so my wife uh, gives him to me. I throw him up on the tank and, um, you know, I, I had I grabbed my camera and, and the, the top down shot, I was wearing my Seiko Navigator timer, which is a old 1970s GMT. And that's where that shot came from. And for me, it just kind of reconnected what mattered at that moment. And that kind of was kind of the splinter in my mind of how I would kind of reframe the Analog Explorer. All the things that matter to me are in, that, in those pages. I mean, whether it's mountains or lighthouses or Pacific Northwest or um, it's all the, the adventures, as it were, um, common day adventures that anybody can have uh, or appreciate. And it doesn't matter if it's in Canada or whatever, you know. Um, and then on top of that, there's watches because at that time, for the last four years, give or take, um, I've kind of been really, uh, really more participatory in, in the watch fam with either watch modding or building my own watch for my, my son or um, the, the watch. I mean, my wife announced that we were pregnant by getting me my first Swiss watch. That, that is really how this kind of got really ushered um, because uh, it was Christmas time and we were going to do the rounds, you know, as, as it is, you got to go to see my family and her family and the cousins, and blah, blah, blah. you know, the, you know, the routine. And my, I had said years ago that, you know, cause I like watches and mostly Japanese. Uh, I prefer Japanese movements just because of my history. And my dad had a diver's watch. My dad was a diver. Um, and he, he had a Japanese diver and I just, that, that's what I always attribute as like the best watches, you know, just awesome, you know, citizen or awesome Seiko watches are great. And I had said, I'd, I'd, I'd want to get like a Swiss watch for, to commemorate something mega, like, I don't know, 50 years old, or if I became a dad, my wife remembered that. And then for Christmas, she wanted me to open up a present early before we hit the road. And I'm like, nah, 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 I don't do presents, whatever. And she goes, no, let's do this. And so she starts recording and I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I open it up and it's this little gift certificate that she made and it says, good for one Swiss watch. As, and in the parentheses, as long as it's not more than our mortgage. Fair enough, <laughs> all right, fine. No Patek, I got you, not my style anyway. And I'm like, I, I don't, it's sweet, I don't care. And she goes, well, why do you think I would give you something like this? And I go, eh, whatever, I'm turning 30, whatever, wait. And, and she goes, what else? And I go, well, I mean, not unless we we're starting a family or we're, are you pregnant? Like, <laughs> that's how that whole thing went down. And so uh, to commemorate that, I, I did a lot of research and did all the whole geeking stuff. And um, I settled on a, uh, actually a Frederic Constant. Um, it's, a, it's a runabout moon phase. It's limited edition. And I had to hunt it down because it was already, already out of um, being an LE and stuff. So I tracked it down and that was my, my, you know, I was becoming a dad watch, which, uh, you know, that's right. If you guys want to take a look, 
you know, it's great. It's great. It's a Salida movement. Um, and they, what they, what was great is that, you know, I liked at the time, Frederick Constant was independent, hadn't been bought by Citizen at the time yet. And uh, they, I liked the fact that they were using uh, a, a work, uh, kind of a, a working man's movement, Salida or Etta, cool, you know, and then they built uh, the moon phase module as an in-house built module. So they actually build it themselves and then put it over the top. And then I like the fact that they took the Salida movement, and made it a pointer date on top of all that. So there's, I'm not a high complication kind of guy. I'm more of a practical complication guy. And so that kind of sung all the, the, the ticks of what I was looking for. And on top of that, I mean, it's a fairly, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a luxury watch and it also comes with a screw down crown. So it's water resistant. It's great. Even though it has an exhibition back and it has sapphire crystal and uh, it's a very nice watch. And I wore it for that entire year, those, those 10 months that my wife was pregnant and I was doing shoots with it. I mean, there's a there's a, a well-known shot within my community of me shimmying up to the top of the mast of this uh, personally owned uh, sailboat for a wedding shoot. I was doing a first kiss uh, for a couple, and which made the captain very, very nervous because I had no rigging or no harness on. I was just up there on my own with about $5,000 worth of camera equipment on me. And shooting this, and you'll see that that watch is on me. I'm knocking it on the post. The... I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a sailor, Darren. So sorry, but the mizzen mast is above me, or whatever, and you know, um, hang me by the yard arm. I don't know. So the post. <laughs> he, he's he's not that old. <laughs> yeah, no, fair one. I, I, I'm, that, yeah. The bespoke handlebar mustache is throwing me off. Okay, like you know, <laughs> But uh, anyway, Captain Cook. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I put, like you were saying, Darren, like this, this beautiful watch that, that could have sat in, in its case, um, has good, good chunks missing out of it. It's been ground down. It's been submerged. Um, and that's, that's, that was more important to me than the fact that, you know, here's a $2,000, Swiss watch that just, you know, I would sit in my, my case and think about, oh yeah, that's, that's how my wife told me that I was right now, nah, man, I, I wore this man. Um, now, that was all well and good up until um, I had this panic moment. So we're at the last two, three months of, of her being pregnant, so the final trimester. And I was thinking to myself, you know, self, I don't want to give my kid this watch when he goes off to college. This is mine. <laughs> and yep. you know, this is how my wife told me that we're pregnant. I, you know, and, you know, there's the whole, like, as a dad, you want to, you know, give something as a, as, you know, type of a thing. I don't want to, I, I love my kid, but this is my, this is how my wife told me. And so I thought to myself, you know, self, it'd be really cool if like, if he went off to uh, college or graduated high school or whatever, he would have his first Swiss watch from his dad, you know, type of a thing. And so I was just like, well, you know, I, I build computers and micro circuit boards and stuff how hard can putting a watch together be? I mean, whatever, you know, it's a bunch of gears, you know, I've worked on motors and stuff. Yeah, whatever. So I did some, a fair bit of research in, and I, I settled on um, kind of doing an homage because that way I could see how things go together. I know um, how it should look and I could just put the guts together. Uh, or that's at least how I thought. So I, I got um, a Black Bay homage kind of setup where it was a black bay case uh kind of a black bay style a sterilized dial uh, at the time there was no date version of it so I, I wanted to have a date complication and at the time because salita was a lot easier to get a hold of and salita was in this one i wanted to get a salita movement so i got an sw200 movement sourced straight from switzerland uh i imported it so it was authentic whole nine yards 
And I start putting it together. And gents, I'm here to tell you, I learned more in an afternoon than reading a week worth of watch blogs. Because little things, the littlest things, the millimeter of things that you never think about as a watch geek started sticking out like a sore thumb, like hands indexing and what, how, how long the actual from the, the pinion out to the point, it's, do you want it to be so that it hits the, the outer chapter ring or if it's too short or, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was, it was a nightmare um, before, unraveling before my eyes. Cause I'm like, oh, crap, all this money I spent on parts, maybe a quarter of it fit. <laughs> maybe if I was lucky. Um, and then I started to realize things like sourcing things from, um, say, Switzerland, where the tolerances are super great. You know, they, I mean, there's a reason why, like, high-precision Swiss swatches are a thing. And then you source some things maybe from Asia where they're mass-produced. I'm not, I'm not saying that all Asian stuff is, is bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, you have to source correctly. Any micro brand will tell you that, you know, you got to do your quality checks on stuff. And they weren't fitting well. Or better yet, like one of the, the cases that I sourced, um, there's no gasket around the crystal. Like it's supposed to be water resistant to 200 meters. I bet you it wouldn't survive bath time, Darren. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's things like gasketing that just was non-existent on some things like on the crown or the tube or anything like the case back, like things like that. And I started to have to think in terms of logical sense of like, what do I need? What do I want this to do? And um, you know, kind of seeing the sum of its parts of, of any watch. And so anyway, at, in three months, I basically had a prototype up and it basically looked like a Black Bay Blue uh, homage, sterilized um, and running an SW200. And that was the watch on my wrist. And it was barely up and running. Like I got everything sealed. I uh, didn't get it pressure tested because as long as it could survive uh, childbirth, I, I thought it was going to be good. And it did. Um, that was the watch that I was timing my wife's contractions with that bezel. Um, I preferred dive watches because, again, my history kind of goes back to my dad being a diver. And my dad's watch was kind of, that's the quintessential watch for me. And we had that. Baby was born beautifully. Everything, uh, everything was great. And, um, but it wasn't done. And any of us that are in the watch fam, if you know that something, if there's something on the crystal or something, you just got to get it off, you know, type of thing. Well, one of the things that I had done to that case is I learned about the tube, uh, how tubes are put into certain cases and stuff. And this, this Asian built generic one, I wanted to cut actual threads in and seat a kind of a trip lock or a, a, a twin lock uh, style tubing crown setup like what Rolex uses. Because I really wanted this thing to be airtight. Um, so I got, I got a tap and started cutting, cutting into that 316L uh, steel. And... It's one of those moments where you know in the back of your mind, you know, it's enough. There's, there's enough torque on that bit. There's enough, there is enough threads. You can just seat the tube, walk away, and you're done. But then the lizard braid kicks in. And you're like, ah, one more quarter turn. Just one more. One more quarter turn. And the tapping bit sheared right into that 316L case. And it is fused. Um, anybody, I mean, this is a carbon-hardened steel bit that's cutting threads into 316L, there is no way in God's green earth you're gonna get that out sort of drilling it with, I don't know, a diamond tip, something or other. Uh, I was heartbroken. Uh, and I think Dan, you, you, were, you were there when I was just like, I cannot believe I just wrecked the watch, you know, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I remember being sent the photos. <laughs> I just, oh man. I, yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I don't think I actually had any words. I think I actually put my phone down and walked away for a moment as well. <laughs> yeah. And it was interesting. At the time, I was wrecked, guys. I was completely wrecked. Because uh, here I am putting months of work into this. It was there at my son's birth, that whole nine yards. And it was interesting because um, I think, Dan, actually, you had, you had sent something to me and, and it started to make me think. I can't remember what you texted me. You're like, I think you were just like, you know, hang in there, mate. Like, you know, um, the, uh, the watch is more than what it is or something like that. I can't remember what you texted me. And uh, so I, said, I, I hung on to that. Yeah, you were, you were being optimistic. Yeah. It was great. You, meanwhile, you're probably crying like I was. Yeah. And, and so anyway, I, I decided to set it in my, my parts box. And I didn't touch watches for months. I, was, I, I, I figured I had wasted enough time, enough money. And then on top of that, my son's uh, medical stuff flared up. And there it sat, and there it sat, there it sat. And then there was this one day where I'm like, I go, you know, the, that watch was there and it was a tool. It served its duty, okay? I timed my wife's contraction. My wife would not have gotten out of childbirth sane without that bezel and those clicks. That to her was more important than what the watch was. And it made me realize it was a tool. It, it, served its, it, it served its duty. I have that memory of it, which kind of falls into the analog explorer side of things. It's not about the thing. It's about what you do with it. And I know I've been blabbing on for a long time, but that's, that's kind of where I've been boiling this down to with the analog explorer and watches and me in general is, you know, they're tools, whether it's um, a typewriter or a, or a watch, you know, something serves a function that is more important than what it is. And if you carry those memories, it's you, it's, it's not the thing. Um, and so anyway, that watch is, I still have that case. It sees, it's kind of like my trophy of shame. And then I decided, you know, instead of doing Swiss, um, why not do Japanese? And so I, I decided to dive into the 7S26 and got into Seiko stuff. In the Analog Explorer, I, I did the, the, the watch ready for daddy duty, which is the SKX007. Everybody knows and loves it. And I decided to start instead of from the ground up, not knowing anything, uh, you know, trying to do it all on my onesies, I decided to dive into the watch mod community and um, read some stuff. Uh, shout out to, to Nick Harris and, you know, read his early day stuff when he was still even in, in watchmaking school in Seattle. Um, and I got to know the community. I got to know you and just everybody who's out there. And I found out there's a lot of people that are like me and Chris that like to share. Uh, I reached out to, to Terry over at Toxic Natos. I reached out to, you know, whoever, as I was putting together parts or getting tools or whatever, I just started talking to people as opposed to doing it alone. And uh, I put enough stuff together to mod my SKX007. And it just kind of went downhill from there where, um, you know, I, I decided I had a grail watch and I found out about this random SKX called the SKX031. Um, and, or it's funny cause it came out the same year as like the 007 and the 7S26 movement. That's the history of it. And it's an unsung watch. Uh, a lot of people kind of chuck it up as like, oh, it's Seiko Submariner or, you know, it, it was only 100 water, uh, 100 uh, meters water resistance. You know, it's, it's not as, it's not as robust as the real diver. Well, you know, Hey, 100 water meters water resistance is perfectly fine for daddy duty, you know, 200 meters water resistance. I mean, Darren, like when we talked on, on my show, like, you know, I've, I, my watches actually do go under the water and you know, I'm, I'm not going 200 meters. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not. It's like, mate, uh, I, I dive and I'm not going 200 meters. 
right? not, not, like, yeah, not a chance. Yeah, not for me. Um, right? Under meters is under meters. Right? Listen, any anyone yeah. going below under meters and and you know, you 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 you're wearing tools, then not watches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's right. Computers and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's weird, mate. I mean, you've mentioned that that you've you've tinkered with the Swiss stuff and you've tinkered with the Japanese stuff, um, and you've learned an awful lot. Um, yeah. I had a go myself last year. Um, I got a few bits, nothing fancy. It was all um, eBay bits and bobs, mate, uh, like yeah. homage movements assembled in Southeast Asia um, yeah. and brought off to the UK. And I thought, right, I know I'm going to kill it. Whatever it is I'm making, I'm going to kill yeah. it. But let's have a tinker and let's just try and understand how these things work. Yep. And yes, I learned a lot. But I also learned a lot about myself doing it yeah. and how much I can tolerate and how frustrated I can become and how to manage my my anger. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, yes. It does, oh, yes. Mate, it gets you there. It really does get you there. And it gets you there so quickly because one of the beauties of, of, of playing with watches, mate, in that sense, when you open the case back and you start tinkering with things, because it's so small, because it's so tiny, because the tolerances are so specific, you cannot be anywhere else in your mind. No. You are you are there. You are in that moment. And all, the only focus you have is that tiny little thing in front of you. Um, and, and that's all that matters in the world at that time. And that, you know, it's there's a therapeutic element to it when things go well. Um, but there's also a, I want to throw it all out the window. Uh, where things don't go well. So to hear you, mate, um, have have ventured on this on multiple occasions and come out, come out trumps, you know, with um, yeah, you 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 you've crazy knees along the way, um, yeah. but you've got some finished products, I mean, and they're you know, they're beautiful. Yeah, it's it's great to hear. You know, it's almost like um, you know, it is possible. It is possible. You're it inspiring is. me to get back on the bay, mate, and pick up some more bits and uh, and try yeah. and have a go, but. Oh, I don't know. And that, it's, and, yeah. That, and that's why I like, uh, that's why I like Seiko. That's why I really kind of wrapping back to the, the beginning of the, the show, like the, the 031 for me is, is the, the quintessential dad watch for me because um, back in grad school, um, when I was, I was first kind of, when I was thinking like my first big watch should be like when I get my, my master's type of a thing, I was hunting down, this was over a decade ago. I was looking for like a vintage snowflake. I love the, the original Tudors, you know, the fact that it was kind of the working men's watch, you know, still having the, 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 the robust engineering of Rolex. Uh, and I never threw down, even though they were, I mean, comparatively speaking, if I would have had one and kept it, holy moly, they've appreciated, but I don't care. But this aesthetic, the 031, reminded me of that, of that snowflake. And to me, that's kind of what this kind of reminded me of. I mean, when Rolex, even the original Submariner came out, it was only 100, bar, or 100 meters water resistant when it was first created. So, I mean, if, if, if Hans Wilsdorf thought it was good when he first created it, it got to be good for Seiko, too. So it's got to be good for, for life in general, hasn't it? You know what I mean? Like, um, yep. If you look at what's been released this week, people have been complaining about Breitling's um, yeah. 1957 uh, Super Ocean Heritage, which is basically a carbon copy of the original. And the first yeah. thing someone someone reviewed it as was, oh, well, it's a diver's watch, but it hasn't got a screw down crown and it's only got 100 meters uh, waters, uh, water resistance. I don't rate it as a diver. I won't take this near water. And this is, hang on a second, you don't go near water yourself. 
Like, right. the only time that person gets in water is when they have a shower. You know, like, it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, like, they'll get caught in the rain or they'll have a shower. It'll be fine. You know, maybe they wash the dishes. You know, you're not, yeah. you'll, you'll be fine. You know what I mean? So yeah. I see what you mean. Like, um, the aesthetic and the fact that you've picked a watch there that you've, you know, like you said, you could have thrown down for a Tudor, but I think what you've got there is something so much more special because you've hunted it down, you've put it together, it's got the connection to Seiko with your father, and you've made yeah. it your own. And there can't be that, there can't, well, I mean, obviously, obviously there's more of those in the world than Tudor Submariners, like the Snowflake Submariners probably, but I'm, I don't know many people within the watch community that speaks to us other than you who owns one of those. Yeah. So, and the other thing about it is after kind of Darren, like you're saying, like you learned so much and when Seiko launched this, I mean, it had a bi-directional bezel. Um, it used this, uh, it doesn't have like the, 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 the bezel click uh, spring that a lot of people know on, on the SKX 007, the, the 0020 case. This is a 0040 case. And it used actually a ball bearing and a spring that's actually seated in the case so that you can go both directions on the, the bezel. Uh, this one had it removed um, because a lot of the times, um, one, it wasn't a great design and it really kind of um, wore down the, the back clicks of the bezel a lot. So I never replaced it. So mine, mine's silent, um, which is great, especially as a dad, because if I have to set my bezel when a toddler is napping and you don't have to hear, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of nice. So it was, it was form and function kind of coming together for me. The other thing is, is that it had, you know, um, Hardelex when it originally launched. It does have a screw down crown, um, 22 millimeter lugs. It had an aluminum bezel. And then I thought to myself, you know, Darren, you kind of hit it on the head. You learn enough and it's just like, you know, what if I, what if I reinvented this? You know, if I, you know, take the essence of what Seiko did back in 1996, 97, whenever the 7S26 was launched. And what if I upgraded it and still kept what the aesthetic is? Not, I, I mean, a lot of guys call it Franken, you know, Franken a watch and stuff, but I, I wanted to kind of just say it as like a Mark II, you know, kind of a tip of the hat of like, here's what Seiko did with it using most of the original parts, but upgrade the ones that needed to be upgraded by today's standards. So I, uh, I put on a, a, a sterilized case back with a, the, the custom engraving that I created for the PNW001 so that they're kind of mates. Um, so my son's watch and my watch kind of have the same type of design that I, I, I made for both watches. The crown is a signed crown. Um, it's a third party crown, but it has the Seiko S and it has uh, kind of like a trip lock system where it has three gaskets in it. So hopefully it'll increase the waterproofing up. I haven't had this tested yet, but so I upgraded the crown and then the bezel, instead of it being a, aluminum, I hunted down a ceramic bezel. Um, that's kind of blue because it goes back to the, again, the prototype that I made for when I was making the PNW001 and the, the, the black bay blue homage case that I totally toasted. So ceramic and blue, so now it's hard as all get out. And, uh, and then the dial in hands is original. It's an original uh, dial in hands because you can buy a lot of aftermarket ones and you can, uh, you can kind of tell that they're aftermarket um, and large because they don't look right. They look sloppy. So this one had a lot of patina. This is probably, uh, I actually sourced it out of uh, a, a dealer out in Spain. And I had to clean it up like Q-tip and just methodically just trying to clean up everything. Um, the hands even have patina on it. They're, they're probably 
damaged probably the, the the watch this came out of originally probably got soaked or got a little bit of water in it so i was cleaning up a dial and a handset and um the case um the reason why i wanted to give a shout out to nick harris is that when nick finished up his his watchmaking school he's moving back towards the east coast of here in the united states and i had followed nick uh, i don't even know if nick knows this i followed nick early on like when he was doing his california dials and before there was even orion watches and him and another blog, Nicholas Hacko, really was kind of the basis of me learning a lot of like what goes on in a, in a Seiko watch. And so anyway, he, to, to me, like he's like, he's like the mod father for me, like, you know, the godfather, he's like the, the, the godfather of modding in my book. And so when he uh, was moving, he was reaching out like, hey, anybody in the watch fam, I've got extra parts, I need to dump them. If anybody, anything you see that you like, hit me up. And so I hit him up, I was like, hey, you wouldn't by chance have a 0040 case. Um, and he did. So this is actually a case that I, I bought off of, of Nick. And, um, you know, that, I, I don't know, like to me, that was kind of important because like his blog was one of the first blogs that I, I for, for modding. And so um, I got, I bought this case off of him with a, a bezel and it was in rough shape. I mean, this thing was, it's shiny and polished because I polished it myself because this thing was pretty thrashed. And uh, got a dial, got a chapter ring, and, and the rest is history, gents. And I kind of put it all together. Put a, uh, the NH36 movement in here so it's hacking and hand winding. And then I regulated it so that it would actually keep decent time. And this is the watch that my son attributes to all of our adventures. Um, bef before his fourth birthday, my son has, has tackled his first mountain. He, he climbed what's called the Oyster Dome here in, in Bellingham. And this was the watch that I brought up with me because to him, Honestly, and this is not, not a plug for you, Darren, but my son knows that this is dad's adventure watch and your strap ever since the accident up in Mission, British Columbia, this is dad's adventure strap. And so like literally if I go and I, I have, if I have crown and buckle on or if I have toxic natives on, no, 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 dad, go, go get your adventure watch and strap. Like that's what he knows. Yeah. And yeah. that's the most important thing about all of this to me is that's what he attributes. It's not well, what I intended. That's what he sees. What that watch is, mate, and in, in, in how you've described it, that it's it's every Something part that money, of it. Yeah, money can't buy. Money can't um, buy that. But every element of it represents some sort or some form of your journey in this weird obsession of ours, mate. This thing of ours. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? And everything oh, yeah. there's a sprinkling of stuff. Um, and it's a medley. It's a mixture. It's um like a cocktail of your experience with watches mate and, and the trials and tribulations and it's all it's all brought into that that tiny little thing mate that sits on your wrist mm -hmm. mate it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yeah cool to hear mate yeah. i mean i've heard i've heard a lot of the stories anyway um either through conversation with yourself um or through listening to the show and, and hearing what what you talk about but to actually actually bend your ear a little bit on it mate and, and get a proper understanding about the you know the, the breadth and the depth of yeah. that phenomenal absolutely yeah, it's phenomenal great. yeah thanks guys so, yeah so, i mean that's that's kind of the story of it and you know i also put a double dome sapphire crystal on it and put actual gaskets in it so one of these days i'm going to probably have it uh, bench tested for for pressure and stuff and see where it comes out but I bet I'm, I'm betting um, with all the upgrades I've done to it. I bet you it goes past hundred meters. But again, that doesn't really matter to me. The fact is, is that, you know, this has been it and a Zulu alpha strap has been up to 6,500 feet up Winchester mountain. It's been, you know, where it's been. And eh, it's more on the top of that. That's the other thing is 
I know every part that's in here. And if it fails, it'll be my fault. I know it. But here's the other thing is that when things need to be upgraded or if it breaks or whatever, I, it, this is like the, the Jeep or the Land Rover. I can fix it. I know yeah. it. I put it together. And that's, that's the other thing that's really killer to me. Yeah. No, it's phenomenal, yeah. mate. I mean, as I said, you, you, you've part inspired me to do it, mate. But um, also as an element of me that wants you to come, wants to commission you to do one of these for me. You sold it, mate. I'm, I'm on board. This, this, yeah, I've, I've, I don't own any singles, mate. I never have. Um, they've never really, um, don't be wrong. I know they're good watches. I know they do what they do, but they've never, never lured me in, shall I say. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't, I don't fall in love with, with watches. I fall in love with the stories behind them. I'm very much that guy. And I've had some cracking watches in the collection all my time. And I've let them go because the story isn't there. Um, mm. and, and what is it without a story? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, it, you've, you've got to have that. It's a chunk of metal. Yeah. 100%, mate. 100%. I'm talking all collections, mate. I mean, I, I've got a good idea of what you've got in yours, AJ. But, but what, what's the rotation, mate? What's in the collection mm. together? You've got your Frederick Constant. You've got your Seiko. I know yeah. that. What else have you got in the box? Um, so I mean, there's, so what's funny is also I have one of my wife's watches. My, my wife also wears, uh, which I know is like unicorn status, but she, um, she fell into this because she saw the excitement that it brought for me, but also she likes the functionality when she was, um, starting to breastfeed and stuff. She would, she would grab her phone and all of a sudden when that light goes on, baby is stirring and that it makes for a very, very not happy mama. And so she looked at me and she was just like, I want to watch. It has to be mechanical because I can't trust a battery. And it cannot have a ton of loom because baby's got to keep sleeping. So I got her, um, actually, I got her, uh, got her this. It's a vintage, this is before like the Marlins and stuff came out. It's a vintage um, Timex automatic with a champagne dial. And a day date uh, doesn't have quick set in it which is the reason why she absolutely hated it. But she has, it has the brigade numerals and stuff. Mm. What's cool about this, gents, is mm-hmm. that the case was made right there in Great Britain. Stamped Great de- Britain on the back. It's got a Denison case, is it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, Mega. so it's, it's cool. Um, just, just to clarify that, AJ, yeah. your wife has caught the watch bug. Yes. We should, we should capture her and study her. <laughs> yes, I know, <laughs> right? Do, and try and replicate whatever, whatever secret magic um, or witchcraft <laughs> that has that has, has, has led to this, and, and we should all we should all build and break three watches, yeah. I guess. The, all chipping as a community to, to 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 buy that portion or that elixir, yeah. whatever it is you you've you've got there, mate. I'm, I'm I, I want it. Yeah. But, <laughs> that being said, your uh, Darren, yeah. your wife does wear um um an EV. Yeah, she's got a whole thing, mate, and and very much like me, she she falls in love with the stories, not necessarily the brands. Um, so we we spent a bit of time down with Elliot Brown last year, actually in their head office and with the owners, um, and she shared about what they do for um, the military community and and, and, and uh, first responders, uh, police, mountain rescue, fire brigade, etc. And she sort of um, succumbed to it, um, but it, it's totally out of character for her. Um, so I bought her a Kimbridge, mother of Bill Dow Kimbridge, and she loves it. Um, but out of seven days in a week, she wears it for three. Do you know what I mean? She hasn't got the same thing as what we've got. Do you know what I mean? And, and I don't know, part, part, my life would be a lot easier if she did. 
Um, so on that note, they wish she was, but it, it just is what it is. You can't force this upon anyone. It, it chooses you, I think. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, what else is in that box, AJ? Yep. Yep. So um, I've got my, my wife's trade-out watch, which is, this is her vintage. And then she's got a uh, citizen, or not, sorry, not a citizen, a Orient Charlene. It's a white dial uh, women's watch that she absolutely loves. Um, outside of hers in my box, I've got, um, Darren, I mentioned this to you when, when we last chatted, but I have uh, my Fair Rocher. Yeah. Um, Very which cool watch. By far, yep. by far one of my favorite GMT world time anything's ever made. Beautiful, exceptional, everything. Love it. Um, I've got a, uh, in my vintage side of things, I have a Legant QS uh, Passive World Time. Um, which I talked about on uh, the 40 and 20 podcast out of uh, Eugene, Oregon. And uh, Japanese movement, this actually was made in three different variants, uh, Handwind Swiss and uh, Rondomatic uh, later, and then um, a Japanese um, movement at the, the very end of its life. And that's, this has the Japanese version, because again, kind of going back to my history of, of kind of what I see as the quintessential watch. Um, the, uh, the tried and true that has seen... The bulk of my adventures, um, especially if it deals with water, because this one goes underwater, is my SKX007, which is in the Analog Explorer, with a 12-hour um, and a lapse time bezel. So it's got both on it. Um, and that was largely because uh, I needed to track for my wife when she last breastfeed or when there was a diaper or whatever. And so I could track the minutes or the hours real quick. And it acts as a second time zone. So that was kind of the, the again, function. Um, I have this marathon, and uh, Dan, I know that you you love this one. This, this is, is a cool. marathon uh, U.S. government issue, um, and it has the uh, the tritium tubes in it and stuff. And the story of this one is, um, and it's a resin case, and it's got a hand wind Swiss movement in it. And it was issued to the U.S. government specifically. Uh, it would be like NIOSH or the uh, De Department of um, Mining and Engineering. And the reason why I know that is because this is actually from my father-in-law. He used to wear this when he was working in the mines and doing his mining engineering stuff. And so he was one of the few, apparently, he was one of the few people on his team that could, you know, like wearing watches. And so the uh, quartermaster or store master, whoever, whoever he has to go to to go get it, he would always be the one that would be like, hey, yeah, this one's busted. I need a new one. Uh, this one's a new one. So anyway, when he retired, uh, when my father-in-law retired, and apparently when the store master also retired, he um, <clears throat> gave him the lot that was left because he was the only one that ever got them. Nice. So I have this one that he actually wore, last one that he wore, and then I have one new in box, um, nice. which is kind of a cool cool um, tip of the hat, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's no nonsense. It's lighter than all heck. And it's really like, you can tell that he used this because, man, I'm pretty sure one of the clicks in this is broken. You can... Really? Yeah, because it... It winds, but man, it's yeah. really—it's quite crunchy, isn't not it? Yeah. In a good way, yeah, not is it, in a good way. Is it um, is it serviceable or is it, it, no. Or is it no? So it is like the Timex ones from Vietnam War, yep. and which were designed Same. to obviously um, be thrown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't fix it, but um, you know, I thought that was it, like I said. It, it's more the the story, of the fact that you know. He, he knew I was into watches and stuff, and so he gave me it. Eh, it's really cool. Um, and then beyond that, I've got, uh, let's see, I've got, uh, <laughs> this is just kind of a fun one. I originally got this for my wife 
because uh, I thought it would help her with things. Um, it's a pole jot signal, uh, okay. USSR um, ah, twin crown. Two, two crowns. Is that, so yeah. is that an internal, internal rotating bezel then? No, it actually has mechanical alarm. So you can set oh, okay. the, the, yeah, so it, it, uh, the story, and I reached out to Kaz on this one from the Two Broke Watch Knobs because, again, he's like the unofficial foremost authority of anything Soviet watches. Yeah. And um, the movements in these, apparently like lip back in the day, um, the Russia basically got like their tooling and stuff. So like the movement in this is basically Swiss inspired um, or they own the patents or something like that. So you see this like, like this is like, uh, akin to like the Volcane Cricket, um, yeah. that type of thing. But what's cool is that you can set the time and then you have a little, looks like a little GMT hand, but there's no GMT scale. And you set that hand to the hour minute that you want the mechanical alarm to go off. And so I thought, you know, hey, if my wife wanted to have an alarm watch, she could set the alarm and she would know next, you know, she needs to do the next thing as a mom. Um, she didn't really care for it because it was hand wind. That was the part I yeah. didn't realize about my wife. Um, so what's cool about it is, you know, it would. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's loud enough that she could hear it and soft enough that it wouldn't stir baby. That was kind of the, the function yeah. of it. She wore it a little bit, but never really kind of glommed onto it. So I kept it. So I think it's just kind of cool. Um, beyond that, uh, there's only, uh, well, there's one that's not here because it's, it's currently clean, getting cleaned upstairs. I have a Citizen Eco Drive. That's kind of the work around the house. Um, grab and go quartz uh that was kind of my original venture watch which um was on my wrist for some very hairy adventures on some mountains um we can get that in a little bit if you want but like uh there was there was one season that i had a very bad season up on the mountains mm -hmm. um where i got reminded in a very analog way that um something i mentioned in in the analogs were the mountain doesn't care that no. that's kind of my 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 phrase for life the mountain doesn't care doesn't care about yeah. us doesn't care about watches doesn't care if you live or die the mountain no. just is yeah. she is a cruel and mistress my mate like yeah, the sea she is. a cruel and mistress ed, ed yeah. vistas was once com uh, quoted in saying that it's um obviously it's not uh it's not um vital or you know what i mean it's not key to summit the mountain but it is key to get off it um, you know what i mean like um, that's, yeah. I've butchered that, that phrase. However, you know what I mean? It goes back it's, to it. It's it very is, true. It's, it's true. And, and growing up, like as a kid in the Pacific Northwest, I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest and I've been on mountains just as young as my son. And, you know, my dad taught me, you know, you always be aware of your surroundings because nature's going to nature and you're out in its playground, not vice versa, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was this one season where I forgot to listen to Mother Nature, and she quite frankly reminded me. Um, slap, and luckily, come back I, and slap you in the face. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of slapping. So anyway, um, so anyway, yeah, so back to watches before we get down the, the trekking rabbit hole. So uh, my, my Seiko Navigator timer, which... Um, I like that. Is, I like that piece. That's really cool. What's great about this is I can tell, so I sourced this out of, it was an, it was an eBay find, um, you know, sing along if you know the words, somebody had it on eBay. Nobody was looking at it because it's not pristine. It's, and, uh, you know, it doesn't have the original GMT hand. It's been replaced. I can it doesn't have the pointer on it. And that's what appealed to me about it is I could tell it was recently worked on probably in, this was out of Mexico. Probably they didn't have the original parts. They had what was on hand. The, 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 the dial is in pretty good shape. The, 
bezel that has the 24 hour scale is pretty well patinaed. It's pretty flaked off and stuff. Um, but I can tell the person who used this used it. Um, and you know, once they, the movement is in great condition. I mean, uh, it keeps great time. Um, but it's seen a lot of love and I got it for a steal. And that's the reason why, like I was wearing it, um, for the, the analog Explorer cover is I was wearing it just because, uh, I had a friend, um, uh, another Dan who's in our U S military and, uh, he was uh, in Japan and that's how I basically would sync up time with him to connect and kind of shoot the breeze. So that was kind of my go-to watch for my, my callers GMT as it were. Uh, and then I have uh, this guy, which doesn't get on Instagram a lot. So you guys got the exclusive. Um, this is uh, the, the first watch my wife got me and uh, I wore it for our wedding. And again, she kind of knew what I was looking for in a watch. It's got a Miyota 8200 in it. It's a Japanese movement because she knew that mm-hmm. that was, yeah. you know, that's how I think. Um, it's by a company called Le Chateau. I mean, it's just a no-name brand, micro yeah. brand, whatever you want to call it. And it's on a great bracelet, um, kind of an engineering style bracelet. And the dial is fairly unique. It's basically applied markers with a 24-hour uh, indicator for the exact yeah. same. It's not, a, you know, not anything, but it has a non-central seconds. Yeah. And it wears like a glove. I think it's like 39 millimeters. I think it's a 20 millimeter um, bracelet um, with a nice deployment clasp. Honestly, it is a no-nothing watch. And I wore the heck out of this when I was traveling as a journalist and, you know, early in my career. It was my early career watch. And I wore it for our wedding because it was the first watch my wife got me. So, it's lovely. Yeah, that's the bulk of it. And I've got some other ones in, in, that are not in the watch box. Like I have historical stuff from like my family. Um, but uh, that's in my rotation, honestly, as you all have kind of seen most of these sort of like the wedding watch honestly you see on my instagram quite often uh the pnw001 isn't here because like i said it's with my watchmaker um because the keyless mechanism in that has broken again and i need a professional opinion because i'm tired of ripping that dial apart to be honest yeah. gents um but no uh, the skx007 goes with me anytime that i'm going under the water um or water bound the 031 is always on my wrist because my dad watch and has seen mountain peak after mountain peak uh my gmt of choice used to be the navigator timer fair has pretty much taken that 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 throne as it were yeah. it's perfect in my opinion it's got loom it's got vertex level loom you cannot wear it on a bright sunny day and then go put your toddler down for a nap. Ain't gonna happen. Um, just loom for days. And I have friends obviously all around the world. So I, I can at a glance tell, you know, what everybody's time is. So a lot of my collection is honestly function. Like it's all about function, feasibility and usability. Um, and all of them either has a story around function or just has a story, honestly. That's it's all me. about the story. Whether, that, sto- story. whether yeah. that story is the story of the brand, the heritage that that model and the brand command, or it's just the story that you impart onto that watch yourself. It's all about that story. What I, th- I find funny is the fact that he, it came obviously very prevalent to um, other podcasts that we've listened to and obviously out the back of the Analog Explorer for the interview that I was on. And obviously that series is, it's funny how we all attribute other things to these watches and it's it's hardly ever just to tell the time 
It's hardly ever about the watch. Yeah, yeah. That's what's yeah. weird about it. It's hardly ever about the watch. Yeah. It's always you about know. what it represents, what it what it signifies, what it what it, where it takes you back to. Yeah. What and that also your life. Yeah, or it or what you want to project yourself as. You know, I think I think there's an element of of that involved in in this hobby, which is what makes it so unique. Um, yeah. So I've got I've got a question. So I, I think I mean obviously we've we've done the majority of the interview in terms of you know the the more independent based stuff in terms of you know what the Bellingham podcast uh, provides, what it does, and the Analog Explorer and all that. But I think this is a quite a cool question to finish off of, which I'm going to ask both of you. Um, so if you could have one watch from either of our collections so obviously darren in your case you're picking one one from mine and one from aj's and obviously i'll be picking one from yours and one from aj's and aj will pick one from ours what would you have oh right okay now there's the only stipulation <laughs> is the only stipulation is you can't have the same model twice so darren i can't turn around to you and say i want the sangin uh, instruments right, Neptune. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you've I don't, already got it. Exactly. So, but you yeah. can have obviously you can have multiple brands. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. For me or your collection, Dan, um, it's the solo. I okay. love your solo. Um, I, I I love how it how it signifies the history um, of the project. I love how it sits on the wrist. I just I love everything about that watch. It's just it's it's got. Uh, subtle presence but it's 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 a, it's yeah it, it, it just flows it's a brilliant watch um as as far as aj stuff i mean that's zero three one really you've you've got me on a bit of a bug with a zero three one at the minute mm. mate. i must admit i'm 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 really um i'm really tempted to, to fall down that rabbit hole um and i know it's a rabbit hole because so many of you have fallen down it before me um, and I've, I'm just sort of teetering at the top at the minute, looking down and watching you guys have fun down the bottom. Um, but yeah, that's zero three one, mate. That's probably tickling me. Um, I, although I do love your marathon as well. Um, I've, I don't know what it is about a marathon, mate. I haven't been able to get marathon out of my head for a couple of weeks. I've been nine up MG SARS. Yeah. But uh, it's like putting a clock on a belt. Well, you know I mean? you're the you you are the only person who could probably wear it. You know, they are like forty six <laughs> mil, aren't they? You know, what I mean, your your wrist size, you'll be able to rock that. That'd be fine, mate. Sasquatch proof, Sasquatch yeah. proof. Um, but yeah, mate, it's one of them. I mean, the the marathon is 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 a big piece. But I, again, I love the history, I love the story behind them. I love I love they've got U.S. government on the dial. I love you can get you know uh, U.S. Marine Corps on it. Um, marathon do those things, um, and, uh, and that's what interests me. Um, however, I think I, I think I may have just caught a bit of a sequel, um US <laughs> bug, mate. I must admit, uh, that's oh. three one tickles me the right way, as it were. No. How about you, AJ? What's your? What would you dip into and, uh, and and steal off one of us? Well, that's the thing is that you guys have a wide collection. Um, Dan, I'm gonna have to say, like either. Either your your, yeah, probably your project watch that you got that you did for with Braemont. That yeah. one just because I like I I do I like the story I love the design it's subtle, um, but uh, being not a, a military guy I wouldn't want to go for it just because you know that's for me that's a military watch. Yeah. Um, I would probably pull from your archives. I don't know if you talked about it on your show. Do you still have your Omega, the yes, chronograph? Yeah, oh, yeah, so one. yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a chronograph guy, but 
that might be the first chronograph if I was going to go with one out of your collection. Um, and also it's, it's reasonably sized and stuff. And I've, I've got, I don't have Sasquatch limbs, even though I live in the Pacific Northwest, Sasquatch you're, you're, is not part of my bloodline. Yeah. You're uh, perfectly proportioned. It's, it's, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Four, yeah. 40 mil watches are great. <laughs> Missing out. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Darren, out of your collection, I would probably have to go with the Vertex that, that you know and love. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a reissue. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's upgraded. It sings a lot of the same things that I just said about what I do with my watches. And I, I, I love the aesthetic and that it's military inspired and it has that history. That that probably what I'd I'd cherry pick out of yours. Cool. I, I think I think you'd be happy um, with both of them choices, mate. I must admit. I mean, yeah, I I I'd agree. I'd agree. If Vertex would have been top of my list for Dan, if I didn't have one anyway, um, and 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 obviously that project watch is something else for his. Hmm. So that leaves you. My, me, my turn. Oh, go go in alphabetical order then, and uh, we'll go with AJ first. So I was I was. Uh, I love the story, mate, behind your 031. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think the criteria of, you know, it being a dad watch means that by default, I can't, I can't have the watch. So um, I think for me, out of your collection, I would take your, nav your Seiko Navigator time. I think it's really cool. Um, I th a point that I think that came to mind when you said the story about it and how it's loved uh, it's quite cool is the fact that, you know, you went for one that's not pristine, as it were. It's it's had replacements, as it were, you know, with parts and stuff. And it just continued that journey. Yet it's still a whole watch. It still has a function and it still works. I think that's the one for me out of your collection. And then, Darren, I think um, if I had my way, mate, I don't think you'd have got your uh, your Samsung K2 back uh, if, 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 if you uh, didn't require it back, as it were. I think after that came to me, mate, it was very close to just throwing in something else into the, into the mail that day and just sending it up and just hoping you, uh, you didn't realise. So. Mate, I was nervous about sending it down to you for that exact reason. I, thought, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, this, I, I do not want to give this to him because I'll never see it again. Um, or him again. You'll just disappear for face yeah. of the earth. And, and what can I do? I haven't got my ID card anymore, mate. So I can't even get a camp to get a tap off you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be outside like the UPS guy, just just yeah, waiting. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> waiting for someone to come out. Have you seen this man? Um, but yeah, no, fair one, mate. That, that, yeah. that, that sang in is um, yeah, they nailed it with that one, mate. Yeah. In my opinion, it's my favourite yeah. of, of the lineup they do. Yeah. But yeah, well, uh, okay. Well, now that you're on a bit of a psycho bug, mate, I think uh, I think you can um, go off from where um, the one of the Sog Seikos and, you know, have a go. Mate, you know, just, I love just, them. just do it, mate. Just do it. Commit to no, it. Round, round the no, office. No, no, no. The reason being, because I know what I'm like, right? I'm like the, a fart in the wind at the best of times, <laughs> right? I'm all over the place. And if I dink or damage one of them, I will have to sell one of my children to replace it. <laughs> that's Oof. fine, but I can't pick which one to sell. Do you know what I mean? Uh, okay. That's what I'll struggle with. So, um, so sell the wife and then... <laughs> yeah, that, that's an option, mate. I mean, that's, that's been a consideration for a while anyway. Um, but yeah, <laughs> fair one. But no, mate, listen, the, the, the single thing, to me, they're, um, they're showpieces, mate. That's mm. what they are to me. They're showpieces. They, they need to be given all the reverence and, 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 and love that they deserve. But um, there's also a responsibility, I think, 
um, you have with them and I have as a, as, as a sort of babysitter for them at the minute is we're custodians for them, mate. They need yeah. to be. He's just muted. Oh, you're muted, Darren. Oh, he's back in. Um, but yeah, yeah, winner. Okay, so, Mr. Barce, where can the good people find you? Uh, didn't quite catch that, Darren. What'd you say? I, sorry, mate. I said, uh, where, where, can, where can the good people find you, mate? Where, where, where are you? Where do you exist? On the interwebs, on, in podcast lands? Well, you can send me a, a, a typewritten message at... No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, this so... <laughs> uh, ajbarsay.com that's that's my main hub for everything that's either my geekery horology photography anything that basically has a y at the end um that's that's mostly it if you're looking for the analog explorer analog the analog explorer.com will get you to the either the 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 store for either getting a copy or the free podcast or whatever uh and then bellinghampodcast.com that's the the show that chris and i run and uh, Instagram's just at AJ Barce. Um, I don't really monitor most any other social media. Um, so Instagram's kind of where it's at for me if you're looking at me on social. Mega. Cool. Absolutely mega. Out of curiosity, mate, the Analog Explorer, I know you were doing that um, as a sort of limited thing. Is that, is that still available? I know the ISBN mm-hmm. number's out there. Can, can the good people um, rush out quickly and, uh, and snap one of them up, mate? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I've, I've got, uh, I've got a bookstore, uh, through a, a company called Blurb. Um, the, the limited run was the, the original Skookum edition, which was, uh, it was signed and, and numbered, uh, as the first printing. Um, and so I've got a reoccurring printing one that anybody can, can purchase. Um, yeah, and you can get it at, uh, theanalogexplorer.com. It'll take you straight to the, the store and you can find it there. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, guys, listen, thank you very much. Um, you know, for your time and, and jumping on with us, AJ, particularly to you, mate. Um, yeah. You know, it's been it's been a long time coming, pal. Um, but it's it's mega to have you on the show, mate. You've been pivotal uh, to both myself and Dan um, on this on this crazy watch fetish journey of ours. Um, so yeah, from bottom of of my heart, mate. Thank you very much for what you do and what you continue to do, mate. Um, you know, keep fighting a good fight, as it were. But mate, yeah, I mean, thank you, genuinely, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, Welcome. Have you got anything else to talk about before we move on to the closing notes section, guys, and then we'll let AJ get on with his day? I'm good, mate. There's nothing cool. I want to uh, I want to bring up. AJ, anything anything you want to address, mate, before we move on? Oh uh, no, I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm. You guys call it. It's your show. Okay. Fair one, mate. Danny, right. it's over to you, son. So um, my closing note is another podcast. Um, they always seem to be podcasts lately. It's just one of those things. Uh, but it lines up very neatly with the Seiko conversation and um, the Mac v. Sog connections with that. So it's called the Jocko Willink podcast. Okay. Uh, he is an ex-US Navy SEAL uh, and he does um, interviews with various people, talks about you know leadership, talks about experience in combat and war and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's a few reoccurring episodes where he gets um a gentleman called john striker mayer or john striker meyer i don't know how you want to pronounce that um onto the show and he has um excerpts from the various books that john has written of his time uh, conducting operations in vietnam so you'll get jo- uh, jocko willink he reads the excerpt 
and then he has a live as it were face-to-face -face discussion with John about his experiences and kind of he talks him through the situation and why he wrote it in the way he did it and then they both kind of bounce off each other on you know their experience of basically operating as tier one special forces in the modern times and comparing it back to operating as a tier one special forces operator in the Vietnam era and they draw a line on the various elements of it and they kind of pull out bits where they kind of said well actually you were experimenting with doing this well this has led through to my experience of my career when I did this and you can directly link it back and I just thought it was a really interesting podcast um they're quite long so if I were you I'd put your little timer on and probably do like an hour or so um and then you know leave it and then come back um because they're quite lengthy interviews because he's reading the book excerpts and then having a conversation with him but that's my uh, that's my closing note for this episode, guys. AJ, anything you want to throw in the mix, mate? Yeah. Um, so this is a, a book that I mentioned on um, the Bellingham podcast a while back, and I just wanted to throw it on your guys' show. If uh, anybody who's listening around the world kind of wants to, who likes history and, and regional history and stuff, uh, there's a there's a book called On Puget Sound by Robert Wilkinshaw. Uh, it's an old book. Um, I think it dates back to, I think my printing's like one, 1928, uh, 29, 1929. Um, this is a really cool book if you want to get a good sense of kind of the, the, the post, um, post-contact era of the Pacific Northwest. So it goes all the way back to like, um, uh, so for instance, Puget Sound, right? That's Peter Puget who was part of the uh, Vancouver expedition. Uh, he was uh, a lieutenant on the Discovery. So like if you, if you like Pacific Northwest history and specifically like how like Vancouver's expedition kind of brought up uh, a lot of the names that we have here in the Pacific Northwest and um, what the PNW is kind of um, in that post-contact era with, with uh, the European world, like how we became the culture that we are. This is kind of a really good book to kind of get an understanding of like how how all of this area kind of came about. Um, it kind of goes into the historical and geographical history of our, our area. Um, and it also kind of brings in a real tangible way. Like we hear about like George Vancouver and, you know, he was this British officer in the Royal Navy. Well, that's cool. Like that's, that's kind of like what, even in, in here in the United States, like that's what our Pacific, uh, Pacific Northwest history books usually cover. This book brings it more in a narrative approach where you hear about, um, you know, Wilkinshaw in, in, in the, the family history of that, of like how there was a special emphasis in Puget Sound around Mount Rainier, which also ha ties into our indigenous people's um, also beliefs of our region and stuff. Um, the Nisqually Plains, uh, uh, how that kind of got developed, Alki Beach in West Seattle, what that was like. And I don't know, it just, for me, if, especially if you're a history buff um, and, you know, living in this area, it's nice to kind of read the accounts um, as opposed to just dates of like George Vancouver in 1757, that's like, it's more of a practical sense. It reminds me of like John Muir, um, in the sense, if you've ever read any of John Muir's work, yeah. um, uh, it's, it's for me, it's the same thing of like John of the mountains, um, or was it John? I can't remember which one, which one of his works. Uh, I, I loved reading it because, you know, he talks about setting sail from Port Townsend to Alaska, which is funny because like I take the Keystone Ferry regular, well, before COVID, I used to take the Keystone Ferry a lot because my, my mom and dad live on the Olympic Peninsula. So I go to Port Townsend all the dang time. And it's just interesting, like reading historical accounts and then living them in the present 
and being able to like see what is developed to, it's, it's really cool. So if you like Pacific Northwest um, on Puget Sound, Robert Wilkinshaw, and of course, John Muir, anything John Muir is really cool if you want to get the essence of our, our naturalism here. Mega. Cool. Yep. Mega. Mate, that's, uh, yeah, good tip. Good tip. Um, John, John, how do you spell his last name, mate? It's M-U-I-R. Right. Okay. I don't want people searching for uh, the mayors, if that makes any sense. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, no, wrong guys. Uh, <laughs> no, John Mayer. John Muir. Yeah. Yeah. John, yeah. 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 Fair one. Just want to clarify that before we get a, a plethora of DMs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me, guys, I mean, Dan, to be honest, mate, I was, I was going to, I was going to, you know, check a little documentary up on it, but um, I, I like your Jocko shout there, mate. Um, Jocko Willink, I got a lot of time for this guy. Um, I've, I've had a couple of conversations with him in the past uh, through the internet, not in person. Um, and I'm a big fan of his book, um, Extreme Ownership. I think there is a lot that a lot of people can take out of that book, particularly now. Um, it's written in such a way whereby um, it's almost like the Bible. Uh, now, stick with me, all right? Um, the Bible can be read as an entire book, or you can look at the Bible in a way whereby I'm feeling down. Um, something's happened in my life, or I want I want to look at something this way, or, or how do I get perspective on this? Um, not to give Jocko a god complex, um, but he's written his book in a similar way. It's a it's a, it's a, a selection of small books within a book, and what he does um, is dissect situations that have happened to him in the military. Um, and then broken them down part by part um, and, and basically gained an understanding or gained perspective. And he lays it out in a way where you go on a journey with him through a series of these short stories and you gain perspective as well. So if you're having a tough time, if, if, if your boss isn't listening to you, if whatever happens in your life, um, you can refer to one of these chapters in the book listen and understand what he did and, and how he reached the conclusions he reached. Some of them are good and some of them are bad, um, but he's honest about it. Um, yeah. But you, you get the same, you get to sit, you know, to understand the same outcome as, as he did, um, good, bad or indifferent, because he, he takes you on that journey. Um, and, and now is a weird time, mate. I mean, as I've said before, um, you know, almost apologetically, it's, it's far easier for me and you, mate, um, and for people within the military community, because it's, it's normal, you know yeah. what I mean. It's 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 normal to us, um, but there are there are many people out there who are struggling and having a difficult time. Um, pick up that book. Um, I think it's in paperback and hardback. It's on it's on Amazon. You you know you'll get it in an ebook if you want it, um, and, and just just check it out. So I think I think you know the, it's about winning the small battles throughout the day at the minute, um, and that that helps you get on a good footing and get on a good stead for the rest of the day or, or whatever challenges that that meet you. And um, it's a good little bible, mate, to get you through. Um, so yeah, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. Cool, happy days, mega. Well, AJ, thank you very much, mate, for uh, coming on and having a conversation with us to start your day, and obviously in our case to end our day. Um, it's been a pleasure, mate. Um, really, really grateful that you Likewise. jumped on. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, yeah, agreed, mate. Cool. Brilliant. That's all I've got. Right, yeah. guys. I will see you guys later on in the next episode and all that kind of stuff. And you know, until then, take care. Yeah. Tell them wash your hands. Keep washing yeah. them. Don't stop washing your hands. Yeah. And then wash AJ, them some more. <laughs> AJ, any last words? Thank you guys so no. much for having me up on your show. Seriously. No, you're welcome, brother.
Anytime. Anytime. All the time in the world for you, my mate. But yeah, until next time, guys. Catch you in a bit. Bye. Thank you.